1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: you're listening to the hawksby and jacobs
3: daily podcast this is paul hawksby and andy jacobs and this is the h&j daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show well having won the third test we thought it was important to get an aussie cricket fan, and we did that, but he's a good guy, Um, and uh, of course it is still 2-1, let's not get too carried away, but Adam Collins, who went viral last week uh, with his commentary from SEN Radio on Johnny Bairstow's dismissal, joined us today to give us his take on the third test and what Aussies may do ahead of the fourth one at Mm. Old Trafford. Um, We had a bit of a chat, you got involved as well, you ran some interesting stuff past us, telling us uh, Much like Ben Stokes, how you couldn't watch yesterday and what you did instead. And we had some clips of the week, Pewter, as well from 2004, blimey. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, (laughs) it was amazing. Yeah, um, Friday. Yeah. Uh, you, you were very down on the England team a clip went viral how many
4: people have watched it 384,000 <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing for me I really. did point <laughs> out I'll make Mick from <laughs>
3: Hounslow and Macca and Andrew McKenna a lot of people said oh Andy will be interesting tomorrow but I did point out and I've pointed out to a lot of people that say. the only reason you, you get mm. that psychotic is that you care so much and that you care so much about them winning that you start acting like that when they're not winning. Hmm.
4: That's true. And I did say (laughs) I wanted them to win. Look, I always run the risk of people saying, you said, but look, I did say... I mean, I think
3: that was moved on to another level on Friday.
4: It is, but you know, look, it's so interesting because it's been a brilliant series in so many ways. They could be 3-0 up, we could be 3-0 up, and it's 2-1, and it's all to play for. But I mean, honestly, it, it... it literally has gone like that and uh it's been amazing actually it was very interesting though in the rain delay on saturday i watched the highlights of the 1961 fourth ashes test at headingley okay it's really interesting and it's it was a similar sort of game england looked like winning but a it wasn't even born no uh, i remember watching it when i was a kid like my grandson i was really locked into it i was wow. a bit older than him i suppose but Yeah, it was about nine, but I remember really being into it. A great spell from Richie Beno won it for Australia. Breaking news. Talk sport gold. No, the amazing thing was that every batsman walked. They didn't even wait for LBW. They didn't even wait for the umpire. They thought it was out LBW. They just walked off. Really, (laughs) it's incredible. That's where the spirit of cricket comes from. You know that when people talk about that, that, I don't know whether it's right or not, but that's that's how they were.
3: You know. We were watching earlier on Brian Close being worked over by Mikey Holding back in the day. Mm. And it is, I mean, it, it, it's mm. still got the power of shock all this time on Brian, who looks like he's basically gonna, about to go and paint your, your garden fence. Just sort of standing there. It didn't look any different from the age of 16 to 60, did he, Brian? No, he but amazing. No helmet, no, no, no padding at all. No. Just a bat and a pair of gloves, a white shirt that you'd wear for work. A pair of white Chester.
4: kecks. You like chesting it.
3: Chest one away from Michael Holding, like 90 mile an hour. Holding
4: was pretty intimidating. Oh man, yeah. yeah. I've got some mad notes though yesterday because it was all of us were going back and forth. Weren't you? When you went best, I was out. It looked, oh, it looked bad. I'm saying they keep basically when Brooke went, you kind of oh, yeah, feared nah, the worst. I thought we were all right by that point. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kept discussing what team Australia were going to pick for the next test. I it doesn't really matter. It's all over. They could pick Alan Fletcher. <laughs> oh yeah.
3: So you carried this negative the um, spiral of negativity back- into the weekend but it was to and fro yeah, was it? and I
4: didn't I didn't bother to burden John with it but I said to him afterwards uh, I, I said I, I did I, I couldn't sit <clears> down I <throat> watched the mornings play I yeah. 10,000 steps just walking I up know. and down Oh, no, I know I couldn't. Well, he, I was... he sent me a picture of the commentary box. He said, look at my carpet in the box. Yeah, like well, I'll tell you what I did. It, this was
3: off the back of Ben <laughs> Stokes saying that he, he kept walking and pacing around mm. the dressing room. He couldn't bring himself to watch mm. it. We've all been there. I mean, I've got... Uh, I mean, I, I should measure the steps. Whenever uh, Spurs are playing uh, Arsenal and there's still a bit left in the game, that doesn't happen that often these days I'm are 3-0 down but um, we've got a little island in the kitchen where I'm watching it and I'm just basically just walking around it constantly and then the dog starts following me gets the ball out and it becomes it's ridiculous a... but yesterday I started to mm. paint an outside wall I couldn't bring myself to watch it so I got the paint out and started painting the wall and it was my wife yes. saying I've scored another four so I went in or, it's been a wicket yeah, it was no. just sometimes it gets you like that sport so you want to watch it and you care about it so and you can't watch it much like Ben's Stokes in the dressing room at Headingley, pacing up and down, not able to watch. So what couldn't you watch? And what did you do instead, Uh, more interestingly? Maybe it wasn't pacing, maybe it was painting the wall, maybe it was something a bit more elaborate than that. Do tell us this afternoon, talksport.com forward slash H&J Text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to ts agent j.
4: When Stokes got out, my son was in the butchers. He said he lost it with the butcher because he said he'd run out of chipolatas. <laughs> Ridiculous. Really. So um. it
3: was the it was the perfect storm. Stokes out, no chipolatas. That's <laughs> a
4: disaster. Yeah, absolutely. Wind viz though, is that a, it's a load of old rubbish? Is oh, yeah, yeah. I don't
3: big. know who he is. I think it's from the people behind viz. <laughs> <laughs> who would admit really that they're looking, they're playing it for laughs. Mm. But sometimes you look at it and it'll say something like 64% England. You think, really? Based mm. on what exactly? Oh, I know, it, it, it gets me as well. So, um, yeah, let us know your stories this afternoon.
4: The under-21s, it was good, wasn't it? I, watched, uh, I, I sort well, of knew the results. I watched, I sort of spooled through it a bit. Well, it was, it was
3: difficult because, you know, <clears throat> you had both things on at the same time and <clears throat> it was one four oh four one oh. Constantly, constantly flicking back. I'll never forget those two mm. channels. And in the end, I, I, I'm gonna, I said, whatever happens in the cricket, I think it coincided with that little break before England came out at that last. Or did it? I can't remember. No, no, that no, it that sort of twenty five, minutes yeah. it started at five. Then that, mm. that little break before England came out and batted for twenty minutes, and I did catch the last five minutes properly of that, and uh, that brilliant penalty mm. save by uh, Trafford. It was fantastic stop. So, um, yeah, we're going to speak to Henry sp- Winter about Well, that. we spoke mm. about Trafford. Right at the start of the tournament, we actually um, had a chat about his... Because he'd said he doesn't ever um, do any research on penalty takers. He doesn't see the point. He just goes on his gut feeling, he said. Um, and maybe that was no surprise because he, he was potentially going to be subbed. Mm. In training, he's the third best under-21 keeper at penalties. Oh, really? Yeah, he had that supreme confidence he was going to stop one. All of his teammates... As well, apparently. You've seen that Emil Smith Rowe clip, one or two Cole Palmer mm. as well, saying he's going to stop this. They all felt really confident
4: in him. It was a double save, so double save and. Uh- it was a dubious penalty anyway, wasn't it? Oh man, it was one.
3: It was one of those penalties that you know you watch it and you have to say, "Well, by the letter of the law, this contact there—he hasn't touched the ball." But the Spanish players completely bought it. He's just stuck a leg in front, dangled mm. a leg, and it's a bit depressing that we now think that is a penalty Justice because, was dumb. in a real world, it isn't, is it? Mm. Unfortunately, but uh, the laws say it is. So, coming up uh, in the first hour, Adam Collins, Australian cricket commentator from S. E. M. Radio, went viral last week in the. Johnny Bairstow dismissal moment. You've probably seen the clip. He was uh, in action yesterday, of course, at Headingley. Um, they're talking about making some changes, the Aussies, for the fourth test at Old Trafford on Friday week. Among them, David Warner. Hmm. And you were telling me that they're going to wait on England's team. And if Broad is in. Yeah. They won't they'll drop Warner. Yeah.
4: That's, that's playing, how much he's got him. into his head. Well, look, he's got him out 17 17 times. Seventeen
3: times. Anyway, we'll get Adam's take on that. Uh, Mitch Marsh, they're saying yeah. might have to make way. No, no, after no. the job he did.
4: He'll play. I felt sorry for the people at Silverstone missing the cricket yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Do you well, think I mean he, the
3: result was always completely up in the air, wasn't it, oh, yesterday? Yeah, just like would it. Verstappen win it or wouldn't he? No, he would definitely <laughs> win it, wouldn't um, he? Brad Pitt filming at Silverstone.
4: I hope he's not playing a driver. No. He's far too old.
3: <laughs> no, he's not. He's he's an old driver. Driver, oh, working with driver. a rookie driver. Oh, I see. It's yeah. a new. It's a, I think it's Apple or Disney thing, but it's um yeah he's the he's the kind of seasoned old driver working with oh, a see, working
2: okay. with a rookie. Fair so so yeah. we the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh,
3: John's been in touch uh, from Classic Football Shirts. Good afternoon, Jonathan. He says I couldn't watch the last sixty-run chase of the Ashes yesterday, so he decided to dismantle my shed. I can send pictures <laughs> if needed. No, we trust you. We no, believe no problem you. Problem at all? What about that? Yeah. It's amazing. Dismantled the shed. That's, a, that's an upgrade on my paint in the wall. I couldn't watch England mm. Argentina's pens in 98, so I went out and bought a Sony Walkman from Argus. I <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. I only had LPs, says John from Hull. Headingly, 81, I'm already in Devon with mum and dad. He couldn't listen, so I sat in the car park listening to the radio in the car. I had to sprint down to the beach and tell him every time... Uh, We took a wicket, says uh, Andy in Hereford. So do keep those coming. Talksport.com, text eight ten eighty nine. tweet J Off the back of Ben Stokes saying after Mm. he was out, he really couldn't watch yesterday and was uh, pacing the dressing room. Got a few steps in in that last hour. So it's delicately poised, of course, now. We go into the Mm. fourth test on Friday week at Old Trafford. Wednesday. Uh, uh, It's Wednesday, sorry, Mm. yes, at uh, 2-1. Joining us now, man who's been commentating on the tournament for uh, SEN Radio in uh, Melbourne, it is broadcaster Adam Collins. Hey, Adam.
5: Good to be with you guys. Yeah, it's been uh, – I think we all need this nine-day break, broadcasters, uh, journalists, uh, players, spectators. It's been relentless over the last few weeks. It's been brilliant. Uh, it's a series with all the same energy that 2005 enjoyed. And, uh, yes, the, everyone's going to enjoy taking a beat, I think.
4: Definitely. I mean, it, it was always a bit much to expect the players to perform in such a short period. So this is does come at a good time. Um, what do you think Australia might do and might react to this victory? Or defeat. De- sorry, yes. victory by England. Yes. Say. Feet, yes,
5: indeed. Well, they had the chance to wrap it up in straight sets and win in England for the first time since 2001. And when they picked up Stokes and Besto straight after lunch yesterday, I thought that's what they would do. But, yeah, what a, what a partnership from Brook and from... The only 50 partnership that England had for the whole test match was enough to get them over the line or near enough to it anyway. So I I don't know whether that'll mean enormous structural changes for Australia, but they put themselves into a position to win and, and haven't stuck the landing, kind of similar to what England did at Edmonton in the first test match where they, in all probability, um, should have won from where they were but managed to let it slip. So, um, look, Australia are blessed with a a deep bank of fast bowlers and they can draw on Josh Hazelwood who was rested this week after back-to-back test matches at Lord's. They didn't want to risk a a bowler who's been injury-prone. So the logical thing to do will be Um, bringing Hazelwood into the side. As for the batting, they've got almost a good problem with Cameron Green, the gigantic West Australian all-rounder, back in the frame for Old Trafford with a a slight hamstring strain this week. And and Mitchell Marsh, who was his understudy, uh, made a century into a couple of wickets. So um, for them, I, I don't imagine it's so much about um, panic stations or doing anything too differently. It's about how do they get the right balance for Manchester uh, when they see the pitch. And, and the other benefit for Australia is that England always announce their team two days out. So they'll be able to see what England are doing and make decisions based around that. One of them
3: one of them, they may make, <clears throat> of course. We were just talking about it. This <clears throat> uh, story that's doing the rounds, which seems a bit far-fetched. Uh, if they announce Broad as playing uh, Old Trafford, then Warner won't
5: play. <laughs> I yeah, mean, do you think I, I Warner, have, do you
3: think Warner will play at him in, in the game anyway? Or
5: I, I do. I, I sort of think of it as like you know you're you're at a nightclub. It's one o'clock in the morning. If there's two bad songs, you're going home. I think for Warner, he's got two bad Test matches before he's sent home. You know, I think that he, he missed out this week, but he batted really well at Lords, where he made sixty six on the opening day on the only day at Lord's where anything was happening through the air and off the surface. And um, he made runs in the world test championship in, in similar conditions. So he has got like that deep experience back to draw down on. And remember it's an occupational hazard for an opening bat to Nick good balls early on. The fact that Stuart Broad bowled both of them. Sure. It, it's, it's, um, it's correlative. It's, it's causation as well, but the reality is broad's always bowling with the new ball and, 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 and Warner's always opening the batting, so you're always more likely uh, to get out to an opening bowler who is taking the new cherry, as is the case with Warner and Broad. So I don't think Warner's in as much strife as he was in 2019, where he was in such a rut that he could barely hit the thing. Uh, I think this time around, he's been in the series and played a couple of important, um, played well, contributed to a couple of important partnerships with Usman Kawaja, who's been a sea of calm throughout the series. Um, but yeah, he missed out this week. So there'll be the natural scrutiny that goes with that with anybody who signaled their intentions to retire soon. And in Warner's case, that's at the uh, the end of this year. I thought Stark bowled brilliantly in the second innings and Cummings in the first
4: innings. But I thought Cummings looked a bit tired and he has bowled a
5: lot of overs mm. in a short period. I think that's a really fair point. I, I made the same observation on commentary yesterday that Cummins is not only playing last week, that is his fourth test in in five weeks, remembering they played the the World Test Championship final that went five days against India only a month ago, not even a month ago. Um, So there's that to consider for Cummins um, and the extra burden of being captain, all the decisions he has to make day in, day out Mm -hmm. as the leader of the side. Now, now Pat Cummins is a very sensible, uh, very uh, mild-mannered, not mild-mannered, wrong term, he's a very balanced guy. So I don't think that this would get to him necessarily. But like anyone, if you're working every single day, you need a breather. And I think that this break has come at the perfect time for Cummins because he wasn't at his best in the second dig, although he did bowl really well. Uh, in the first innings, taking four of the first five English wickets and finishing with six. So, it's yeah, it, it was a, a game of two halves for Pat Cummins, really.
3: We, we didn't see anything of Todd Murphy uh, yesterday, Adam. Um, do you think we would have seen a better line? And that wasn't particularly oh, sp- spin friendly, uh, but overs. it was very interesting. Older man, he didn't trust him uh, on that last day.
5: Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? And um, and I don't think it was the wrong thing not to bowl Murphy necessarily, um, given the matchups at different points uh, and the way the scene was bowled. But if you're going to need your spin-out towards the end, you have to introduce them earlier to get some overs under their belt and to feel in the game. And Murphy wasn't in the game. He bowled one over before lunch, the last over before lunch, and then one over when they had 29 runs to defend at the end with Um, with Wokes batting with Brooks so he was on a bit of a hiding to nothing so I feel for the Victorian he's a really good young prospect he bowled splendidly in India earlier this year which is always hard for a young spinner going over there so long-term future absolutely Lyon's replacement 100% whenever it is that Lyon retires in Australia we'll be hoping that's at least another couple of years away he's got you know 495 test wickets and so much experience um, but, yeah, it might um, be that England look to target Murphy. It might be that Australia look to go a different way um, in terms of how they set up their 11. If they're not going to use Murphy that much, that might provide them the flexibility for another batter who bowls a bit, um, which, uh, look, if they're looking for a way to keep Mitchell Marsh and Cameron Green both in the same side, that that could help there. Uh, this is a completely filled field one, but I'll say it. Um, Glenn Maxwell's playing a first-class game today for Warwickshire. He's been over here playing in the Blast for Birmingham for the Bears And Maxwell, last year in Sri Lanka, was back in the test squad and very nearly got picked about at number eight, would you believe, to bowl off spin um, in an attack that would have had three spinners. Now, it didn't quite break that way for him then, but Mm. the thought has crossed my mind this morning, seeing him names for for, for Warwickshire, that if they wanted fresh players, and we saw how important fresh players were this week, Mark Wood, Chris Wokes, Mitch Marsh, all coming into the series and having a a big impact on the test match that as left field as it is, Glenn Maxwell could theoretically deepen the batting lineup and lower order runs in a series that's relatively low scoring. Certainly this test match was, Um, being fresh and being able to offer a spin option as and when required. Um, I don't know. It's out there, but I I, I couldn't completely put a line through it. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. interesting idea.
4: I hope they don't do that.
3: Yeah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's always been the thing with Glenn Maxwell. Mm. What does the opposing side want you to do least? Pick Maxwell. And yet mm. they've they've seldom picked him in the long form. He's barely played four-day cricket is the other side of it. So, again, it's it's well outside the square, but someone like that, shall we say, might be a a useful asset in the last couple of test matches.
3: And just finally, Adam, um, I know Pat Cummins was asked in the press, does this feel like a momentum shift? And when he said no, and he said why, he said 2-1. Does it? To you? I mean, you've been sitting there watching them all, commentating on on them all, or are you still Mm. feeling pretty confident? Because there is very little between the teams, isn't there?
5: Yeah, I mean two ones are fair reflection of the series so far. One way or the other. I mean, England could have won either of the first two test matches, although at Lord's they were fairly well outplayed. But um but yes, I think that Um, The result, the scoreline, rather, reading 2-1, it feels a fair reflection. It doesn't really matter how we've gotten to here. But your point's an important one, too, I think, that um, winning the third Test match does give England a bit of belief. And, look, it's been since 1936-37. That's the only time uh, when a a side came back from 2-0 down. And that side had a bloke called Bradman in it. And you might have heard of that Don Bradman fellow. He was pretty good. So (laughs) um, England don't have Bradman. However, they do have a captain... Uh, with a with a huge degree of charisma and class uh, when it comes to what he can do to opposing bowling groups, and that's been Stokes, an experience that, uh, that that seems to be coming to the fore in each and every Test match he plays against Australia. So um, Stokes will feel like he has it in him to do something like what Botham did uh, back in uh, 1981 when they were 2-0 down albeit in a six-Test match series. But yes, um, everything will need to go right. Australia suffered a, a very... Um, uh, well they, they experienced a brutal defeat at Headingley four years ago when they were behind England were behind the whole test match until they weren't the Ben Stokes miracle and Australia backed it up the next week at Old Trafford and, and won that match and, and in turn were able to retain the ashes and they'll be hoping for a, a similar um a similar trajectory when they arrive at Manchester next week. Good talking to you, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you. <clears throat> Anytime, guys.
3: There we are. There's Adam Collins there, a cricket commentator for SEN Radio over here. Covering the tour for the Melbourne-based radio station. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Bring you another line from that Ange poster press conference. Uh, He said he will Mm. speak to Harry Kane, but it won't be anything to do with his future.
6: I don't think it's my role to, you know, sit there and and sort of treat people in a manner because of their circumstances. I'm really big on just treating everyone the same. And Harry is... You know, he's he's already entrenched himself in the history of this football club. He's a very important part. He's the premier striker. One of the premier strikers in the world and, you know, I want him involved here. My conversation with with him will be about how we can make this club successful. And I've got no doubt that that's that's what he wants as well. Um, So, you know, within that context, whatever sort of um, that uh, narrows into, you know, the personal stuff around Harry himself as an individual, if the conversation takes it that way, we'll, we'll take it that way. But I, I doubt it's going to be, you know, defining in the manner that I think people think it's going to be. It's not going to be a conversation where, you know, we walk out of that room we've got sort of an understanding because I don't want that kind of conversation. What I want is to introduce myself to Harry, to give him a sort of vision for the football club, to get an understanding from him of what he thinks this football club needs to be successful, and we we'll go on that training pitch and try to make it happen.
3: He'll know from the first chat, though, Andy, won't he? Yeah. Get, I mean, he'll get a vibe. Whoever, If you're going to talk to the player, you'd know. I mean, if you speak to anybody in any job, you're going to a new job, you're the new manager of a business, even, yeah. and you've got you, someone there. You tell who's happy and yeah. who isn't. you're sure. going to know the way the wind blows. Yeah, right? yeah. The
4: the wind blows, yeah right? he's, and he's and Australian
3: isn't he? We used to do a link-up with SEN Radio years ago yeah, in to Melbourne, remember. didn't we? And <laughs> yeah. there was this... And we'd have, around the ashes, and that was when we were being dominated in the ashes, and there was this bloke, Billy from Heidelberg. Where's Heidelberg? And he... The yeah. Billy from West Heidelberg, and he'd come on, and we'd do this simulcast with SEN and he'd say Hawksby and Jacobs. He says, "You're all duds, England cricket. You're all duds." And he was there's a touch of the edge about Billy from West Heidelberg, <laughs> isn't actually, it? Yeah. Really? But anyway, look, we'll see, we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, anything else you've yes, noticed? Yes, I've
4: got a request for some photo editors at uh, major newspapers. Can we have more photos of Erling Haaland on holiday, please? Yeah, yeah, I'm it's sure. I'm choosing, I really do enjoy them. Love having the mass ranks of the media on on his holiday. It's probably been a lot of fun for him. And uh, there was a Grand Prix. There was sort of a roundup in the start of the people that were at a Grand Prix. Mm. Not a Grand Prix. The British British Grand
3: Prix Prix yesterday,
4: yeah. Uh, Talk about obsessed with age. Mm. Uh, Kate Moss's daughter, Leela... Oh, no, this was at Wimbledon, wasn't it? Oh, okay. oh I see. Oh, uh, yeah, Well, they're, they're all going somewhere, yeah. aren't they? The Model 20 was joined at Wimbledon by pop star Ellie Goulding, 36, and quiz king Richard Osman, 52, <laughs> Aaron Corrin, 27, and Bridgerton's Phoebe Dinover, 28. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why do you have to keep that's, doing that? That's always been the case, though, Andy Jacobs, 96, is not it? I really? know. Um, what's this? Nicola Adams, the boxing champ, 40. 40, yeah. Uh, was joined in the by a host of stars, including actor Brad Pitt, fifty nine. Fifty nine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get the idea.
3: Fifty nine. He's wearing well, yeah, he's, isn't he? He's wearing, he's wearing very well. Actually. Um, uh, yeah. We're going to talk to Lisa later on about mm. Carlos Alcaraz and uh, when he goes home to his parents in Spain, where he stays. Quite uh, an interesting oh, really? story. That yeah, okay. we're going to have some tennis stuff for you later on. We did it's ask not somewhere you somewhere
4: he likes to escape. No, I mean, um,
3: no, it's not escape for Al. It is an escape for Alcaraz. It certainly is.
4: No. The uh, Boris Becker has yeah. opened a boutique, right? Which is all right. Fair enough. But in Istanbul, I don't get that. Who's opening a a boutique in Istanbul? Boris Becker. Is he really? He's owned a boutique so fans who can't play tennis can dress like him. He posted a video on Instagram showing him visiting his shop in Turkey uh, on the anniversary of his first Wimbledon victory. Blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, I can't be at Wimbledon, but I'm in Istanbul to visit my new shop. Oh, what does Um, he sell? Well, it says here, uh, an off-white blazer costs 150 quid. I can't see all these Turkish people lining up to dress like Boris Becker at Wimbledon. <laughs> off-white chinos are 110 pounds. He likes off-white, doesn't he? he? Doesn't Maybe be- they've started off-white, but they've gone in with a red sock or something. I don't know. Beige suede shoes, 140. Oh, that was a great song. Don't step. That, was, that was his big hit, Boris. It wasn't, don't step on my beige suede beige shoes. Beige socks, £3.90, not bad. And a beige suede... How much?
3: Beige socks? Yeah, three pound ninety. Not bad. Quite. quite that's value. odd. The the blazer a socks ratio is quite interesting. How much did he want for a blazer? hundred and fifty quid. I suppose that's not bad. Is this it, it, is this a bit sort of Mr. byright's Mr. Boris, <laughs> Mr. Servrite, <laughs> Mr. Servrite?
4: I've no idea.
3: It does feel like you know <laughs> so does The they're, they're kind of you know fair middling mm-hmm. high street prices, aren't they really? Three pound ninety for a pair of socks. Not bad. Base suede. Briefcase. Oh yeah. Two hundred and ten pounds. That wasn't such a good song, was it? <laughs> the, the, Colonel, was the, the Colonel knocked all these back, didn't he? He said, oh, Elvis, you're gonna get nowhere oh, with songs like that. Yeah,
4: and uh, you see that story in the sun today as well. A pot bellied pig that has bloomed to 26 stone has been rescued. You have. I know. It does sound like a description <laughs> of oh, me. That i hit have... home. I didn't mean it to. <laughs> it, it was very, just a glib it's phrase. It's very true. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, has been rescued from a one bedroom flat. Well, okay. Was had sure been moved into a three bedroom <laughs> masonette or something. What's no, happened? It's moved to an animal sanctuary. But I mean, okay. it's mad. I, what I think it ha- has happened here I don't know this but you know these like micro pigs oh yeah people sort of and love them as pets yeah but they, they, they stay micro but, it, but if you get a piglet i <laughs> working with Chris people, Packham this you say to people this is a nice one of those this micro- is a micro pig all it is the baby Suddenly, pig 26 stone later oh it wasn't that micro
3: it's a micro bore
4: but when did <laughs> when did it seem like you a are. good idea yeah that was a terrible idea. It was. If you like these little bits Was it pieces, staying on its own yeah.
3: in a one bed flat? Was it flat sharing?
4: No, it was with, uh, it says, it doesn't say who it was. It was recovered from the home in Manchester, has now been nursed back to health. At 20... There was him
3: and two nurses. They were looking for someone. They just said, <laughs> 20... they interviewed
4: loads of people and they decided that he could, he'd be the best one. I mean, it was three times the weight it should have been. Yeah, because it had been fed junk food and fizzy drinks. Oh, that's helped, not the really? Nurses wouldn't have done that. I got that wrong. No, no, I, it's really? not right.
3: Don't it? feed it. If you're out there, just if we take nothing away from today's show, do not feed a
4: pig on junk food and fizzy drinks. One of the leading, <laughs> definitely not. One of the leading members of Just Stop Oil and all their yeah. sporting mm. protests is Graham Bus. I know what I'd say if he invades a sport event. Yeah, they, they used, they're quite big oil burners. Buses, aren't they? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but
3: they're, they're, these days are electric, aren't they? Less yeah, diesel. I was they used thinking to be. more Blakey, but never mind. Oh,
4: fair enough. Uh, another pointless letter from Mary Wives of Windsor. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's great I felt gutted for her Andy name? Mo- Mary Wives. No, I've, that's my nickname probably. Oh, her. Okay. So her name's Mary Windsor. So I thought a nickname. I sent Oh yes off. of course. I'm sorry, Andy. Yeah. I felt gutted for Andy Murray losing his second round match. The eleven PM curfew meant the match finished the next day. I imagine Stefanos pass at one set down breathed a sigh for it. What's the point of that letter? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we, we all I don't know, know that. Andy. I don't know.
3: I can't answer these questions for no. you.
4: And we're going to talk a bit
3: of fashion later. But West Ham's Hawaiian collection. Yes, we saw those when we went to mm. um, the London Stadium for the Major League Baseball. To get in, we had to pass the club shop, and we saw those Hawaiian shirts and mm. uh, the, the collection in the window. And it didn't strike me
4: as—I mean, other clubs do that. It's made the papers today. It's isn't it? hard to imagine somebody going to a match wearing a. I don't know. Club Hawaiian shirt, apart from the You've moose. only got a
3: couple of wears at the start of the season, haven't you, really? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that's the only... That You'd wear couple it we- over
4: a sweater, I suppose, man. Would you? That'd be a bit three. weird. Uh, a bit ben weird. Fletcher might go for He likes a bit of a racy shirt. He, yeah, but he's not a West Ham fan.
2: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
3: The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, it's Clips of the Week, Pewter. And mm. we're going back to 2004. Just a quick reminder, there was an old box of mini discs lying in the corner when we moved offices a few years back. What are they, someone said. "Should we take those with us? Mm. And our intrepid producer, swooped in he said they're all clips of the week we've got to bring those who knows one day it's we may be
4: 19 years old it's we may be
3: able to digitize them there he is with his trusty mini disc player the only person in the uk still to use one and uh, so we bring you these uh, we're about 10 when these went out. i know we've not we've not heard these since 2004 he was always
4: old for his age he though.
3: was so we don't know what the heck's going on here we trust him though to curate them properly and we've had some good ones over the last few months anyway oh, yeah. Um, where should we kick off, Andy?
4: Let's start with our old friend Ronnie Irani talking cricket.
3: Well, I mean, it's just been awesome. Goff and Caddick
4: did it two or three years ago.
3: Yeah. And that's why England was successful in Sri Lanka and India and Pakistan and the subcontinent. They've gone. Holmes and Jones hopefully going to take that mantelpiece, but Hoggart has done a great job as well, guys. We'll have to we we'll have to ask Harmy whether he ever did take that mantelpiece. He's <laughs> got a bit of house it's clearance got his house, in those, it's those days. That's right. <laughs> that, wow, you think this was before the two thousand and five Ashes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh and sticking with the cricket, talks had live coverage of England's tour of the West Indies. Here's commentator Mark Nicholas. No problem, that's good news for England, and it's every bit as good news
2: as at Ellen Road, where Leeds United have beaten Manchester City by two to one. And-
3: yeah, not yeah. if you're a City fan, Mark. No. You're <laughs> clearly not a big <laughs> fan of City, uh, of
4: Mark Nicholas. Shows you how times have changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, I used to, they're dreaming that now, Leeds, wouldn't they? <laughs> and sticking with that tour, here's the legendary Tony Gregg and news of a surprise player.
3: They get this bloke out, this uh, this bloke Jacobs out. They'll yeah. never get Jacobs out
0: well, if you, you were
3: unbeatable back in the years. day. They have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's head over to Tessa Dunlop mm. on the overnight show.
2: Oh, we're emerging into the morning when uh, we have an, a new look breakfast show. Patrick Kinghorn and Tony Ka- Kass are
0: going to be taking over the airwaves <laughs> yeah. Tony scenario. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah it's clearly not
4: a Millwall fan
0: Tessa <laughs>
3: by the sound of it Yeah,
4: this is the aforementioned Tony scenario, and yeah. Patrick Kinghorn now Paul Dean how do you know I'm over 40
5: I'm sure you said it a couple of days ago on air, actually. <laughs> well, I don't remember There's saying couple, that. There are a couple of clues, though, Cass. If you look carefully, I mean, it's hard. It's hardly Inspector Cluedo, is it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Inspector Cluedo, Cluedo is Pat. That be, <laughs> it
3: fantastic. Here's racing expert Derek Tomo Thompson. Now,
4: by the way, it was our twentieth birthday on Saturday, yes. Channel Four. Yes, and it was it was lovely to be there. Bruff Scott, I saw Bruff there. He's still he's still going strong. He's the man who, who came on twenty years ago and said hello everyone, and you know he's still going strong and. Mm. OK, that's, that's <laughs> what he's known profound, for, really.
3: Yeah, <laughs> He'd come on and say hello, everyone. He had nothing else. That hello was the everyone. trouble. Yeah. But he did have more than that.
4: He did. This is a caller now talking football. Yeah, what it is, right? Yep. I um, go and watch Wales.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, what happened to us, right? Alcohol, right? We liked our beer before. Mm-hmm. But I didn't drink so much, right? And, of course, behind us, there was a load of fans who were absolutely tanked up. Mm. And we were up on the top tiers, right? Yeah. And uh, what happened there was um, when Wales scored, right? Yeah. These were so placid behind us, right? Right, Right. yeah, we get the idea, (laughs) right, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Here's Graham Beecroft now introducing a guest. As much attention being paid to relations off the field as well as on it here, and joining us now to give us a flavour of the history between the two sides is
2: James Astill from The Garden. Oh, well, okay, the fair enough. Well, if right the weather was good.
3: Why not sit out in the garden while it you're doing it? It might be a publication, The yeah, Guardian. Yeah,
4: it probably is, yeah. I think he meant The Guardian. I think he did. This is Fisherman's Blues now with Nigel Botherway, who was offering some sage angling advice. I'd start off literally just
3: kissing the bottom. Oh dear. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for that, Nigel. Um, Mike Parry now with uh, Alan Brazil, who was reading out a text. You've probably been married to Darlene, living as low-life trailer park trash, says Shane and Hart. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? I say that's uh, that programme Roseanne. Oh, Roseanne. But Rose- you would have to Roseanne. <laughs> close, Mike. Yeah, close. <laughs> Roxanne, but there we are. Never Thank mind. you very much. Yeah, yeah. Staying it was with... quite combative, wasn't it? It was yeah. mainly people contacting Alan Brazil with um, abusive texts to Mike Parry back in the day, The Breakfast yeah. Show. It's
4: changed. Yes. Anyway, next. Uh, staying with Mr Brazil now. <laughs>
3: Uh, Another one here, uh, Juan Sebastian Veron and Herman Crispo. Herman (laughs) Crispo. Herman Crispo. (laughs) 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 They got the walkers gig, they took it from Gary Lineker. Uh, Let's finish with Gary Newbon now on the 505 Mm. phone-in. Let's
2: take Adrian from Plymouth, who's a Plymouth fan. Uh, Good day for them, they've won the Second Division Championship. Uh, Good evening to Adrian. Hello? Hello, Adrian. Wake up down Hello. in Devon, mate. You're yeah. live to the nation on the number one UK commercial radio station on the number one football phone in 505. Have you woken up now?
6: I'm not a Plymouth fan. I'm a QPR
2: fan.
4: Fair enough. <laughs> That's why he wasn't that keen. <laughs> and the bad news for Gary was lightning strapped twice. For that, let's go to Mark in Northampton, who's a Carlisle fan.
2: Carlisle have dice with death for the last few seasons. They've blown it today. They were 1-0 up. They've made a terrific effort to get back in. I think there were about 11,000 there at Carlisle's ground today. Uh, but then Cheltenham came back five minutes from time with a Joe J scoring an equaliser. Carlisle won. Cheltenham won. Carlisle out of the Football League. Good evening to you, Mark. Are you, Gary? I, no, I'm, I'm not an actual Carlisle fan. I'm just, oh, you're not? I, I, no, I'm a, thir- I'm, I'm a Berry fan just coming back from um, the game at Northampton today. <laughs>
3: Great. That was a, hell, work, of a hell of a build-up, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? I mean, I, I, thought I, was, I knew everything about Carlisle. Yeah. So there we are. There's some clips of the week pewter dusted down from 2004. And we were asking you hmm. with them. Um, we'll bring you some more next week. Uh, we heard from Ben Stokes, of course, saying that he, he couldn't watch uh, the Test match after he was out yesterday at Headingley Just paced around the dressing room, unable to take it all in. And sometimes we just have to go and do something else, whether we're watching our football team, our cricket team, or even our kids. In this case, uh, we want to say we hear your stories. Tessa is in Southampton. Um good not, afternoon, not Tessa. Sitting, Dunlop. No, not Tessa Dunlop, <laughs> okay. Tony Cascara, Um your request for things you cannot bear to watch. One of my one of our sons a non-league footballer plays at centre half. He's played in men's football for a decade since he was sixteen. And all through that period my husband has never been able to watch the last ten minutes of the game, especially if our son's team is in danger of losing the match if the opposition score. He can't even stay in the ground and wanders off to look at old churches and local historical land marks uh, he is an archaeologist she says um he then <laughs> okay, has the nerve enough. to tell anyone tell anyone who was listening that my wife gets so ridiculously nervous at our son's game says uh, tessa so what do you do instead of taking in the sport because you just can't watch
2: the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast
4: uh comedian bill bailey says that he turns into a country bumpkin his words after downing cider uh he said his west country you no know, tones were never far from the surface but when he has a drink of cider they'll come out i don't know if does that happen to you john
3: i don't to i mean it might happen to uh it might happen to
4: charlie charlie yeah oh, he charlie
3: but he goes he comp- yes it does complete? completely that's why we have west country corner he completely <laughs> Go, we back with me tomorrow from uh, one
4: this was surprising just four percent of uk grandparents are referred to as granny or granddad hmm. just over a quarter of the say had a unique name like nana teapot <laughs> really I oh, mean nana grandma teapot. bingo well, I suppose so. Well, I suppose, yeah, you, you could have a grandma who goes <laughs> to the bingo, couldn't you? A fifth had baby talk names such as Gan Gan. I think that's the whole okay. family, isn't it? And Bampi. I don't know what that is. Okay, Andy. What do your kids call you? What do your grandkids call you?
3: Grandpa AJ. A uh, Grandpa AJ? Mm. Oh, okay. And what about... Uh... Susie's Grandma Susie. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. what about that? So mm. you've gone down that route. You've kind of done a bit of both. Yeah. There's a combo of the two. I'm not Grandpa Teapot. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you are That's sometimes. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, Grandpa. Probably <laughs> Grandpa Teapot. Uh, one of the other, we mm. were talking to Andy Brassel earlier on about potential transfers. And I don't know if this is a bit of mischief, but the, the Times yesterday were talking about um, Hugo Lloris and where he might no, go no, next. Yeah. He's been linked to Inter as well because, you know, they've signed a keeper and this the time feels right. Um, and it was the Sunday Times, actually. They were saying uh, after... Uh, his representatives, lorice's representatives, hope to be granted a free transfer after 11 seasons at the club. I mean, 11 seasons at mm. one club. Player you bought for... 10 million quid. Is he out of contract? Yeah. Well, he, well no, he's got one more year left. Oh, right. He's got one year left. Oh, dear. But then it says, of course, <laughs> the Sunday Times understands the chairman, Daniel Levy, will seek a transfer oh, fee. I mean, I'm, I imagine it'll be a fairly minimal one, but 11 years <laughs> out of a guy who's cost no, you 10 he'll be million there. quid.
4: Yeah, the stuff of the season. No, you'll I, mean, see.
3: I don't think so. I think they will get uh, something done. It could be a bit of mischief. I think when you play the panto villain, as our fine chairman does, in the end, it becomes a bit of a self. People are always prepare to think the worst of mm. you. So uh maybe it's not always quite as bad as everybody says. Medicine, or maybe the it is.
4: deal went through pretty
3: quickly. And yeah. Pretty easily, didn't it? Did we talk about Aguero and his love of poker the other day? Have you seen this story? No. Yeah, apparently he's uh he's right into it. He's been playing out this um world series of poker main event. They say he's a novice. Mm. They say he's won uh he's won less than 5000 pounds in his fledgling uh, poker career. But um, He's no
4: Victoria Corin.
3: No, but he's doing all right. He's he's out in Vegas playing playing in Is a he? tournament, yeah. Sounds like bad news. You <laughs> promise you'll never see anything like this again. I wonder if there'll be a Martin Tyler moment while <laughs> he's there playing there. Be, yeah. I realize I, I wasn't very good. We had a I remember years and years ago we had a talk sport Poker evening. I think we were working with a big poker company. We had a online, kind of. We had a kind Wasn't it? No, no, we didn't do it online. We had a. You didn't come along. We had a proper oh, right. evening. Oh yeah. I think yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't get you out. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, the, the frustration, as you said, Andy, of of fight fans. There are so many fights out there that that they want to see. I mean, I don't know if you saw. There was some footage earlier on of Tyson Fury. He pulled the car over and decided to do a bit of shadow boxing. Got somebody to film it for mm, you. Yeah. Do you know what it's like? You're driving along the street. Of course and think, you do. Yeah. I've got to pull over and do a bit of shadow boxing but within it um he started like lifting the knee and sticking the nut in and and people are reading into it that there's been some talk about him fighting a, an mma fighter francis garnu and they're talking about they're close to announcing the fight and this is his way of doing it but no, you think of all that. the actual heavyweight hmm. fights that are out there we're boxers we're actual boxers yeah. not youtubers yeah. not People who are in, no. in other sports, not kangaroos, actual boxers. Mm. Wouldn't it be great to see that? And it's a fa- It is a failure of matchmaking, really. And it's it just is. a failure of boxing politics. And it is a frustration. But having said that, we got two heavyweight fights coming up. Uh, one of which you've just been hearing about. We'll bring you on August the twelfth. Uh, the fight in Poland. We're going to game quick. Game. of have another guess. Oh, yeah. The fight in Poland mm. uh, between uh, Dubois and Usyk. Ticket prices. Okay. Um, where do you think the cheapest ticket for that fight will be? How much money are we talking about?
4: £5.
3: Well, oh, blimey, that is boxing. <laughs> <Like> that. <laughs> I know it's a pound a pint, but I think. I you well, know, going on
4: Polish price. It's
3: ni- nine quid. You no, can I'm buy a ticket wrong. for a heavyweight uh, fight for nine quid. I mean, and you could probably get out to Poland, uh, although they are probably up the prices knowing it will be mm. busy then, but you could, could get out there. Uh, is it uh, the fight's happening you can get out there for about 20 quid if you time it right there we go a few days early
2: yeah the Hawksby and
3: Jacobs daily podcast there we are that's how it all unfolded yesterday Um, no today what am I talking about unfolded today Mm. Um, we'll do it all again tomorrow Um, and Charlie Baker will be with me Uh, so do hope you can join us and Andy back on Wednesday if not uh, the podcast will be available at four. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the
2: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four PM
0: on Talksport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.